I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Baker Mayfield leads the Browns, upset Tennessee rather handedly. Rumor is Baker's got some commercials lined up for this offseason, but Vegas isn't fully convinced. Right now, the Browns have the 12th best Super Bowl odds. That's it. The leaders, Kansas City, number two, New Orleans, number three, Pittsburgh. Another big surprise, the Giants, with the second biggest upset of the season, win straight up against Seattle. The Giants have now covered six of their last eight games, but man, their Super Bowl odds are not good. We'll explain. Monday Night Football times two, Pittsburgh now up 7-0. We'll have in-game odds updates throughout the entire hour. Monday Night Football the second, San Francisco, was a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Now they're a two-point favor. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a Monday. We call it The Aftermath, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fazek. He's got some explaining to do. Oh, he was just strutting around, peacocking about the brilliance of his Chargers pick. Might be the worst pick ever made on national radio. I tried so hard. Like three times to get him off the game. He just kept saying, my numbers say. Say it like that. My numbers say the Chargers are the better team. <laughs> Still? No longer. Are you, I'm no serious. Longer. No longer. No, I, I wonder how much, how much better were the Chargers? But at last week. I, ha- I had them a point better. Okay. So now I got them two points worse. Big adjustment. How in the heck could you have adjusted that much? Did you so, see so the really, game? <laughs> so really, you made the biggest adjustment in history. Well, here's yes. the thing, though. You're boomeranging once again. Chargers are probably someone to play this week because you know what? Belichick's not coaching against them. Speaking of Belichick, the Belichick of fans? Ah, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some surprises to go over in the NFL, we've also got not one, but two Monday games, one currently going on. What is the Vegas lead here today? Well, let's uh, deliver on the tease first, Faz. What is our current in-game odds? Steelers are up on the scoreboard 7 nothing, and we'll do this throughout the hour. Pittsburgh is laying 8.5 points. All right, so Pittsburgh entered the game Laying five and a half. Yes. Whoa. Now, how much of that was Big Ben and the thought that he might not even play? You, you know, I, I don't know anyone that didn't think he would play. Because, I mean, as of yesterday, there was real speculation that he might not play. How does this game go off of five and a half? Now, think about this. The game's in Pittsburgh. Let's say home field's only one and a half or so. One, let's say. I think that's a little short, but let's say one. 
You're saying the Reds or the the Washington football team is about four points better than Pittsburgh on a neutral. Does that sound right to you? No, no. no. Pittsburgh's like like almost a touchdown better than an average team, and Washington's more than a field goal worse than an average team. Well, this... let me add that up. That's at least 10. <laughs> yes! And it's all about the spot that betters just couldn't get past the fact that the Steelers had to play that Wednesday game, and now they had to wheel back on Monday. Yeah, but they knew that when the line... Here's the thing. When this game was supposed to be Pittsburgh played on Thanksgiving, and then they were going to play the next Sunday, so they had extra rest, the line on this game opened 10 and a half. Same teams, same location, Pittsburgh 10 and a half. And then as soon as the days were locked in, Pittsburgh played Baltimore, line came out around eight and a half or eight. So the line moved about two and a half points. Everyone knew everything about the schedule at that point. There's no new, it wasn't like, you know, between this day and this day, there's only this many days. That didn't change. Exactly. Okay. So the late action was more about Big Ben. What I don't understand were speculation he'd either be limited or he wouldn't play. Again, have you watched Big Ben? The guy plays. My question is, when when it was announced, because if Big Ben wasn't going to play, chances are he would, wouldn't even be activated. When it was announced an hour, 15, or whatever before the game, he's active. How does this line stay at five and a half? It's all this talk about how the Steelers are overrated. Listen, if Pittsburgh plays a game like Kansas City did against Denver and barely wins, it's like, see, see, we're right. When Kansas City does, it's like, see, Mahomes can win even when they don't play well. They're coasting. It's fine. I think you started it by having a pick on Baltimore against Pittsburgh in the first game. (laughs) I'm just saying. But anyway, Jonas, we'll be giving updates in-game live throughout the whole show. But I think we, if we are focusing on the surprises – Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns continue to roll. It was a battle of eight and three teams yesterday in Nashville, Browns versus Titans, and it was all Cleveland, especially early on. The final, though, 41-35, the Browns go to nine and three on the season. The reason we recap the games is because we want to see what we can learn from them, like don't bet against Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. What can we learn from them? Fez will tell us what he learned from that game in a little bit. My question is, how good are the Browns? We talked about it in the headlines. They're the 12th best team based on Super Bowl odds. Fez, you update your power ratings quickly after Sunday, then you refine them the next day or two, which means you listen to me and tweak accordingly. Where do you got got the Browns? Number 12, RJ. So you and the Vegas market are aligned. Remember, the Super Bowl market is about upside. It's also about public perception. Sometimes, like a team like... You know, some teams, the, the real solid, like a, a Giants team, which we'll be talking about their big upset, probably not a Super Bowl team, right? Like a team like the Atlanta Falcons probably have a better chance. If, if they were in the playoffs, would probably have a better chance to win the Super Bowl than yes. the Giants. Even though their record is very different. So Super Bowl is about upside. Giants don't have a ton of it. Browns, I don't think they have a ton of it. Here's why. This is a team, the Browns, that is influenced, limited by their opponent as much as any team I've seen. Meaning, if the Browns play an opponent that on defense can pressure Baker, Baker is short for an NFL quarterback. So if they can pressure Baker up the middle especially, 
and make him start going left and right and those wild scrambles, Fran Tarkenton style that he does, but not as successful. Baker's a below average, way below average quarterback, number one. Number two, if the defense can trick him a little bit, force him off his first read, Baker is what they call a one-read quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks are limited by their ability not to, or their inability to go through the progression, as it's called. Spot number one, read two, read three. The great quarterbacks get to that read three. Some get to a read four. And that's why a guy like an Aaron Rodgers will go one, two, three, and then start scrambling. And then you're in big trouble because he's got three chances and then his ability to make plays out of his normal rhythm. Baker is a one-read guy because if you're in a skills competition and you're saying throw that ball through that tire that's hanging up by that rope, like on Friday Night Lights first season, Soros and QB2, remember? I'm sure you do, right, Steve? No. No. But, <laughs> but the reality is that Baker would probably be as good as anyone right up there throwing the ball through the tire. In a regular game, if it plays like throwing a ball through a tire, Baker's great. That's how this Tennessee game played. Against Baltimore, against Pittsburgh, that's not the way the game's played. Their defense disrupts, and Baker's not only worse, because every quarterback's worse against a better defense. He's worse by two or three levels, and thus it's hot or cold. Browns are either good or they're not, and I think the driver is how much the defense makes the offense uncomfortable thoughts. Yeah, I agree 100%. Baker did not get sacked in the game yesterday. Four touchdown passes in the first half, wide open receivers, and he hit them not being under pressure. What was your main takeaway, Jonas? Yeah, I think uh, to your point, Cleveland feels like a front-running team. When they have a lead and they can run the ball, they're much better off than if they're trying to battle it out in a dogfight, needing to come from behind. A team like Kansas City, what makes them different is they can win in both styles. They can either come back, we saw it all year in the playoffs last year or they can take a lead and they can coast it because they're so talented like they did against Tampa Bay a week ago I just I think there's a clear separation between Cleveland and the top teams in the AFC as, as good of a story as they are I just don't think they're in that in that ca- category as of yet I'm going to push back a little bit on the whole front runner thing because I think in a way we're saying the same thing But I think the root cause isn't that they're ahead. Because if the Browns were ahead against the Steelers, I think they'd still have trouble on offense, right? Mm -hmm. But I I think that it looks like that, Jonas, and again, this is my opinion, because against the the teams that Baker struggles with, he's playing from behind, right? But I think it's because of the type of team that they are. Yeah, and and I also don't think that I don't think this is the finished product of Cleveland. I, I think that they're still an ascending team. I think it, depending on how this goes next year, they could maybe take another step in that direction. I think if you're a Browns fan, I'm not thinking about Super Bowl at this point. I'm just thinking get to the playoffs, consider yep. that a win, and you're still a couple of steps away from being there. 97% chance right now projected to make the playoffs for the Browns. That would be the first time since 2002. 2002. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Think about this. The Browns have played the Colts and won. The Texans, who are a good team. I mean, they're at least average. Where do you got the Texans right now in your power rankings? Oh, 21st. Yeah, well, the, you made the big Will, Will, uh, Will Fuller adjustment, right? Yes. Yes. Gigantic. You had to get out the advocates <laughs> for that one. Okay, but still, I mean, 
a team that's a viable team. And they lost a close game to the Raiders, a very windy game. So now they have beat Tennessee. So if you say who's the middling teams other than Baltimore and Pittsburgh, two, at least Baltimore at that point of the year was really good. They played two really good teams. The Browns got blown out in both. But in the middle-tier teams they played, Colts, Texans, Raiders, Titans, 3-1. and one. So, But you think about it. Colts D, mm, they're, they're a solid D. They're not a big pressure D, right? And that was a close game. Texans D is not good. Raiders D is not good. Titans D, not good. So if the Browns are against a, a fairly good team that's good on offense, they can play just fine. And they're, they're, they've won those games. Now, a, really, a, a middle of the road or better team that's good on defense, I don't know how the Browns do against them. So to me, it's all about that defense and the pressure so who's a good – let's think about this. Who's a team that is maybe 12th or 13th in the league, but their defense is better than their offense? Steve, Cer- certainly wait. Baltimore right now. They're number 10. Oh, yeah, but we already know Baltimore. Miami. Okay. Miami. I think that's a good example. I think Miami maybe causes you, – you agree, Jonas? Yeah, Miami's a good example. That defense is carrying that team right now. I think the Browns have trouble – against Miami more than they would against a Tennessee. Because if Baker's comfortable, yes. they're playing just fine. All right, last thoughts on this game. I actually also, and I usually agree with Jonas, I slightly disagree with Jonas on the ascendancy idea, the idea the Browns are moving up. I think this year might be their best year, right? Because And, and maybe not because next year they don't have to sign Baker. So next year's year four. Now, the question is, are they going to pick him up, that year five option, right? Because they have to decide this offseason, the Browns do, just like the Bears decided not to pick up Trubisky. I don't think you can pay Baker 35 or whatever it would be to pick him up. Now, it doesn't mean they can't resign him. It's just they won't have him that fifth year. Then they got one year left on that rookie deal. But the question is, how much is Baker going to demand on the open market? It's not $30 million. But it's over 20, right? It's like an Andy Dalton-type contract, but now five years later, let's say. And the question, Jonas, is, and I'll let you have the final word, if they do have to spend, let's say, 23 on Baker, they can't have OBJ and they can't have these other players, the line they bought. So now Baker has to carry more weight. Right. Is there anything you've seen that makes that viable? Uh, no, I, I don't think he's – I don't think he's – number one pick quality of a quarterback. I think I think he can be a good quarterback, but I don't put him in the same category as a Deshaun Watson, a Mahomes, some of these other guys. He reminds me, yeah. Cleveland reminds me a lot, which is so ironic because it's where Stefanski came from. They remind me a lot of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. In that I don't think he's near as good as Kirk Cousins And, and right I think now. right now Kirk Cousins is much better, but just sort of the where Stefanski came from. He had the two great receivers on the outside in Diggs and Thieland, just like he had here in Cleveland. They ran the ball with Dalvin Cook and offensively they got things together and if they could get some defense Minnesota was making a run towards the playoffs so they're kind of similar to that but I don't see Baker as being a guy who's going to end up being a, a top five or maybe even top 10 quarterback in the NFL I agree I agree and and to on to be honest if you are saying the following about your quarterback he's not near as good as Kirk Cousins you're not winning a Super Bowl with that guy <laughs> when we come back I could wait 
I could drag it out. I'm not going to. Steve Fezzik made the worst pick in the history of national radio. And like in The Godfather, Santino you've, or Carlo, you've got to answer for Santino. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs a business. The government I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the aftermath of a heated crossfire here on Straight Out of Vegas. (laughs) That's a great way to think about it. Because you would think the crossfire would cause the damage. No, the damage (laughs) came after, Fez. Great day to join. We're going to go through the big upsets, really, and surprises in the entire NFL week. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we'll keep fighting through Fez's losers. How'd you do in your seven? Four and three. <sighs> and how many were how how the games that didn't copy me do? That's an interesting <laughs> you look at that as we oh, you got it? Yeah, I lost with uh, Las Vegas. You didn't like them at all. Lost with Atlanta. No, no, no. I, I, I like the Raiders in that game. Lost with Atlanta. Well, I did not like Atlanta. No, you did not. All right, all right, all right. He's going through them like he's like meandering. He goes, well, you know, I had Atlanta. It's like, read who you had, but but not. I will say this. Somehow, someway, we're 2-1 and one in the Super Contest with two picks to go, right? Uh We've got um, 49ers. 49ers tonight, and that line's moved like crazy. We got it at two and a half plus. Now they're minus two, and we'll preview that at the end of the hour. And also, I took this was my fifth game because I said no to Atlanta. You had it, Holt had it. I said no, thank you. That's fine. I'm not going against Sean Payton. Life is hard enough. Don't go against Sean Payton. Don't go against Belichick. Belichick's going to lose some games. But you're not going to be a winner betting against them long-term, Jonas. Remember that one. (laughs) Uh, So, it's 71 degrees in Vegas, and the neon is pumping. So, RJ, during a crossfire last week, you and Fez argued for the Patriots and the Chargers, and it was you on the side of the New England Patriots, and in a line that was as close as a pick at certain points last week, the final was nothing close. 45 to nothing, New England on the road gets the win. Yeah, let's go back. This is me still today, but... um. Fez, don't play against Belichick. And here's why especially you shouldn't play against Belichick. One, we saw how he does against first and second year quarterbacks. Pregame.com, McKenzie did the work. 65%, this was before this most recent game, 65% against the spread in his career. Belichick going back to the Browns and his time with the Patriots. So we're talking like 20, a quarter century of data said, Two out of three times you win with Belichick. One out of three, you you win going against Belichick. Hmm. Fess says, what? My numbers. So then I said, but remember this. When you have a bad coach against an okay coach, it's the difference isn't that much. But when it's a great coach 
against a horrible coach. He gets exploited. And what do you see? Punt returns, fumble. Re- you just you don't even know how the kind of mistakes an Anthony Lynn can make. The Belichick can see like a genius. You said, "Well, my numbers." What do you say today? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank yes. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you. No, to the nation. The country. The nation. And anyone that bet the Chargers, and you checked all the boxes. You talked about, hey, the Chargers. It's like I had a crystal ball. Chargers weakness, the rookie um, quarterback, and he, Herbert was horrible. Well, if you look at advanced metrics, so QBR, you, maybe you can pull that up. But when you look at expected points, their expectancy of completion percentage, and these are some advanced per play stuff. Herbert was the least effective quarterback in the NFL this week. QBR of nine, RJ. So he was the worst there, too. Yes. And special teams. We all know the Chargers have horrible special teams. What does the genius do? He finds ways to exploit those weaknesses. Ah. Oh. Punt return so, touchdown. Uh, we, we understand what happened. What did you see wrong? How have you looked in the mirror to improve this? In my own handicapping? Yes. I think I've got to stop being so stubborn, one size fits all, and every team has a number, and look much more but heavily your numbers aren't that good. into the matchups. Your numbers aren't that good. Yes. They're good. They might even be the best numbers out there. Eh. I think for gamblers, they're probably the best numbers out there. But it's, there's got, I mean, that's the thing. The numbers are the starting point. If it was just numbers, then don't you think a computer could do better than you? Yes. So I'm, the question with computers is, how do you take something that has some subjectivity to it and put it into numbers? How do you make it quantifiable? And that's the challenge. Yeah, because it's a complex parameter you have to include in your model. Absolutely. And bottom line is, I don't think I've ever seen this. The Chargers got outgained by 33 yards. Only 33 yards. But the score was very representative of what happened because of all the factors you were talking about. I saw this stat. Is in the history of the NFL going back to 1976. All right. That's a while ago. Steve <laughs> Almost Rogan. 45 years ago. No team in the NFL has lost that badly to a shutout as a home favorite. So a team that's at home, that's supposed to win the game, that's the worst shutout loss in 45 years. That was your pick that you fought me on. Now, why wouldn't you have just said at the end of that, you know, I thought I had a good handicap here, but Jonas sees it, RJ sees it. You know, Jonas was like, boy, I... She's making some good points. I mean, he's a fan of yours. I mean, let's be honest. What is it about you that just made you say, my numbers? Because the almighty betting market, and I preach in terms of closing line value, actually supported my play. The betters took the chargers. But you've nailed it. Some of these these big betters, syndicates, not exactly always correct. Well, obviously. (laughs) Are you familiar with the term lemming? Yes. Okay. Look, uh, think on that. Big cliff I went over. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. You know something? I didn't put the Patriots on my super contest or our super contest. I didn't. I wish I did. We're still 2-1 and one with two games to go. But to me and Jonas, this is important for the you know batters more like you that are batting for fun and not taking it as seriously. Because, again, 
You only got so much in life you can take seriously. So decide what that is and have fun with the other stuff. Just don't bet an amount that's serious if you're not taking it seriously. Bet less games. If there's something, I, I, I might say it flippantly, but I mean it. Life is hard. Don't bet against, just don't bet against Belichick. Just say, I'm not, the guy's 60% against the spread for 20 freaking years at this point. At some point, just say, you know, if I see something that makes me think the market is over, effectively overvaluing Belichick when historically they've undervalued him by like two and a half points a game, I'm thinking I'm missing something, right? Mm-hmm. So, in general, when Belichick's doing something, it doesn't seem to be convention. It means convention's wrong. At least for his circumstances. He is a genius. This isn't some word. This is like walking the earth. There's one guy that can do this. And it's Bill Belichick. Sean Payton's close on offense. Or probably there on offense. But across the board, it's Belichick. If there's a re- you know, I've learned this from other cappers just this year, Jonas, and we'll change subjects, but I hear him say things like, because I'm listening to a few podcasts that aren't really gambling pods, but they're ma- like Pro Football Focus has some good ones, yeah. but they're, they're making picks, right? Because everyone's making picks at this point. Yeah. So I hear them say things like, eh, I don't want to bet on Baker, May- or I don't want to bet on, um, uh, you know, cor- let's say Baker Mayfield. I just don't want to bet on Baker Mayfield against the, the Steelers because there's going to be a line that comes out against the Ravens. What's the look ahead in that? We got our line on that game. And, it's going to look juicy for the Browns, I'm guessing. And the question is, I think it's fair to say, I don't want to bet Baker against this defense. And you know what? You're not forced to bet that game. If it's some con- – it's not out yet? No. Oh, because the, the game is ha- – okay. What do you – I mean, what's your number say it would be? Uh, so, as you're thinking about that, I think it's fair to say that you're just going to pass it. Right? You're not forced to play every game. Um, Fez, what are you struggling with to get a number on a game? Oh, so is it is it week 15? Steelers are playing the Browns? No, I was talking about the Ravens oh, against... Ravens. I'm sorry. So, uh, Pittsburgh, the early line was minus two. It's off the boards right now. All right, so the Ravens were in Cleveland. Pittsburgh's going to Buffalo this coming week. All right, so Pittsburgh's going to... Yeah, I wasn't talking about yep. Pittsburgh. Right, why do you keep saying Pittsburgh? I don't know. You got your headset on? Can let Check one, check... Can you hear me right now? Check yeah. one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ravens... Browns, what's the line? Before it was taken off the board, the look ahead was Ravens minus two and a half. Okay. And the game's in Cleveland. Yes. So it would be fair to say, it'd be fair to say, oh my gosh, that looks appealing. Right? Baker looks good. I think it's fair to say, I don't want to bet Baker against this team. And you know what? You might be right, you might be wrong, but making a bet is saying, I really want to invest money on my opinion. I don't want to bet against Belichick. I mean, to me, I think pros try to get bigger than that and say, I'll bet against what I feel. And if it's just a gut feeling, I'm fine with that. But if there's a rationale, to, I mean, I'm fine saying I'm going to, I'm going to overcome it. you know, Because I do think being willing to bet bad teams is the key to winning in the NFL. Right? Underdogs win. And probably a good time to transition and talk about the Giants. But first... Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. 
Second biggest upset of the season based on the point spread, Jonas, Giants game. Make it official. Yeah, the New York Giants go on the road. They go to the Pacific Northwest with Colt McCoy at quarterback, and they get the big win over the Seattle Seahawks. 17-12, to the Giants are in first place in the NFC East. That line was up over 10 in certain spots. Only the Raiders over Kansas City, a bigger upset on the season. My takeaways here, Russell Wilson, if you go back now, it's been a really bad run. And if you look at, you can look at QBR, you can look at a couple different things, and you could make the case, Mackenzie, throw up their games. You could make the case that from the first Arizona game on, he hasn't really had an outstanding game. And again, we know we're judging him against, you know, a high standard, but it was a situation where, um, the Vikings game wasn't great. I mean, they almost lost that one. That was Sunday night, if I remember. Cardinals game, bunch of turnovers, their first loss. Yeah. And then the uh, 49ers. Yeah, he played pretty well in that 49ers game. And then against the Bills, uh, I mean, okay. I mean, they put up a lot of points. Against the Rams, not good. Against the Cardinals the second time, they won at home, but it was the second-worst QBR of the season. And then now this Eagles game, and then the Giants. I mean, none of those games feel like like even someone in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I agree. And even this game, I can make the case he had two chances to win. He threw an interception on the final drive. That should have been it. The Giants dropped that interception. I'm like, okay, now Seattle. When you say he threw an interception, you mean he almost He almost threw the interception. And so he was given a second chance. It was on first down that he threw that bad pass. Still couldn't get the first down. So uh, really, Russell Wilson failed twice on that final drive. And right now, Mahomes, or check that, Mahomes is the MVP favorite, but Wilson is 18 to 1. So pretty much out of it. He was 7 to 1 entering the week. I don't know if you know this, he's never gotten an MVP vote. Did you know that? <laughs> but he did become close to like almost even money after like the first four weeks. It wasn't that crazy. Yeah. Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. There's a lot of things you need to know <laughs> if you want to follow fo- NFL football. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Um, Giants. Joe Judge had him trending in the right direction. They have covered now six of eight games. And that's a good thing even if you don't bet, and about half our listeners don't bet, is if you see a team covering but not winning, it's just a good sign that they're overperforming. And we saw that with the Giants, and now they've won you know, a good many games. But initially, it was covering those games Jonas, thoughts on Seattle Giants? Yeah, I'm really impressed with Joe Judge. He got a lot of crap before the season. People were saying he's trying to be a mini Belichick. He's trying to, you know, he's got no accolades. He's got nothing he can fall back on. And yet here he is. You watch a Giants game, those guys play hard. It's the complete opposite as what the team in town, the New York Jets. You just look at both franchises and one team – you see them in games constantly. This all without Saquon Barkley. You can go all the way back to the Chicago game, a game they could have won early on. So although the record isn't great and it's the NFC East, they really, really play hard and they're playing for Joe Judge and they look good. I'd make the case that you could make the case that Judge isn't what you would expect from a head coach. He's not like the kind of guy that can take over the offense or the defense. He's been a special teams guy. 
But usually those special teams guys, and I heard someone say this this weekend, they deal with players from the offense and defense, yeah. and there's not it's not as clickish. It's not as much, we're in our room, and that's it. it you know, Harbaugh was a special teams guy. It seems to open up the mind on both sides of the ball. He's not a technician, but he's a good CEO, it seems like. And he's not being Belichick where he's trying to be stern, but when he needed to with that O-line coach, he was stern. I'm, I'm only looking at it from a distance, but some good things from Judge. And when we come back, we'll have the odds on the NFC East and the odds on the West and a preview of the Bills 49ers. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, Jonah, I have to turn my mic on. We are straight out of Vegas, baby. Uh, and I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, it is a doubleheader Monday night football action. Obviously, Reds, uh, we, the Washington football team, rather, and the Steelers are currently underway. But later on tonight, from Arizona, it's the Bills technically at the 49ers. And right now on pregame.com, San Fran is a two-point favorite. What's the current in-game line, Fez, in the Steelers' Washington. They're at halftime, RJ. The Steelers are pick them at, and, and for the second half, so Pittsburgh's with minus 11 for the game. Okay, that's a great way to think about it. So right now they're saying that five and a half point spread that the market put on all the geniuses in the betting market <clears throat> put on Pittsburgh looks good for the Steelers here. Now, speaking of the betting market, 49ers in their ostensive home, but not really in Arizona. They opened up a two and a half point underdog against the Bills, and it's been 49er money, 49er money. And I mean, it hasn't been messing around. Lot of 49er <laughs> money, and now they're a two point favor. You don't see that, that, I mean, not only flipping favorites, but a big swing. Do you like the 49ers here? I like the aspects of how the Niners played last week, getting their guys back, getting healthier. They beat a Rams team who is really good. And, and the Rams have been hot. They're good. And they beat them handily. And 49ers got the running back back, Mostert. They got their number one wide receiver, Samuel, back. He went for over 100 yards. Now, both heading. these guys were last week? They yes, got back. first time back. Richard Sherman, first time back. He got an interception. So all these guys, not only did they come back last week, but they played well. Here's a concept that they have in math, and I'm not a mathematician, but I took a good many math classes in college, is the idea is what is the assumption of your state and what is your current state? So, for example, you could make the case the 49ers right now are more injured than they were entering the season. So whatever rating you had on the 49ers entering the season, the rating now would be lower. But that's not how people think about the 49ers. They think about the 49ers as the team that's just so injured, as injured as any team in memory. And compared to that assumption, the Niners are healthier than they've been. 
So the trend line is towards healthier, but the market is still, or at least has been, thinking about this as a team that was more injured than they are now. That, I think, is a key point. So why not play the 49ers? Because I think it's actually a sneaky, really good spot for the Bills. The Bills have only lost one game in November. What game did they lose to? Well, they lost at Arizona on a Hail Mary. And guess what? They're playing this game in the exact same stadium. So same road trip, same routine, probably same hotel. So, so if you get married a second time after a divorce, <laughs> are you can get married in the same spot? <laughs> I don't think that'd be a you, good you, example. You can say home field advantage, baby. It's a chance to right the wrong here with exactly the same circumstances. I do think that that's Boy, a big that positive. Sounds like some, that sounds bills. like some, some con- concocted BS there, but Jonas, does that resonate with you that you want to play the Bills because of that? I mean, that's, or at least that, you, you, or at least you don't play the 49ers because of that. That was my thinking, which means it's probably a bad sign. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, they're the right, the wrongs. They're in the same building. Um, you can argue that was a fluke play. You can argue oh, yeah. Arizona should have lost five straight if not for that fluke play, and Buffalo would be in a much different position. Uh, they played well in that game, but unfortunately lost on that fluke play. So so here we go. And my thought was, well, you know, uh, the Bills are going to want to try and, uh, you know, right that wrong in the same building. No, I think it's a factor. <laughs> I just think it's worth, what, a half a point? And it just feels like if that's preventing you, I'll tell you this. When, you know, the thing about the Super Contest is $5,000 to enter, and you got to do five picks a week. you got to put the picks in Saturday night. And... The line comes out Wednesday. So what happens is sometimes you get to benefit from that line move. And sometimes you'll like a game like we really like the Rams, but the market was at two and a half in a lot of spots. But the contest was three. You can't lay three when the market's two and a half. So you're either going to play Arizona in that case or pass. So the reason we played on the Super Contest, the 49ers, is we were plus two and a half. Plus two and a half, I know you'd play the 49ers because the market, oh, the market, ah, you'd be like bound, screaming, ah, I got two and a half. (laughs) I should just give you that right now and let you bet a couple hundred and see how excited you got. But the fact of the matter is, at the current line, oh boy, the market usually isn't so bad to put out the line because nothing's fundamentally changed about this game. Nothing. And that's the thing to realize. We got to run. But when there's a line move that's on information, it's very different than a line move on perception. And this is a perception change and all the money's on the Niners. Fez, you got a prop bet real quick. You got 10 seconds. San Francisco wide receiver Debo Samuel. Over 54. That's it. Got to run. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 